Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, May 11th. On this date in 1990, one of the singers killed on what came to be known as the day the music died received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame 31 years after his death. Can you name that singer? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, Let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for a look at that Thursday forecast. And good Thursday morning to you out the door this morning. We should start out mainly dry. Rain chance is going to be low, but about a 20% chance of a shower popping up today. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds this morning, this afternoon. Temperature starting out in the 60s, going through the 70s, hitting about 80 to 82 degrees for a high temperature this afternoon. Overall, mainly dry today. We do expect dry weather on our Friday at 84, up to 88 on Saturday. Saturday, so a little warmer as we go into our Mother's Day weekend. We do have a small chance of rain. Most of you will stay dry Sunday for Mother's Day with a high temperature around 90. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Well, two longtime Lowcountry police officers are throwing their names in the hat to be the next sheriff of Charleston County. Rocky Burke and Carl Ritchie combined bring more than 70 years of experience as they start their campaigns. Now, Burke says if he's elected, he would be hands-on and getting out of the office, making rounds with deputies and community leaders to find ways to work together. He also says he would like to increase training for detention deputies to combat the recent deaths at the county jail. Ritchie, meanwhile, while says he would like to increase retention and bring in an independent auditor to examine the jail. Richie would like to staff every Charleston County school with a school resource officer to enhance security. Now, current Charleston County Sheriff Kristen Graziano says she's planning on running for re-election. Nearly 200 homes on James Island will be moved off of septic tanks and connected to sewer lines in the next few years. The $10 million James Island Public Service District project will see people in the Clarks Point neighborhood and those along Oak Point Road switching to sewer lines by December 2026. Officials say the project is to upgrade sewer service and stop the pollution of James Island Creek. They say the design phase has already begun and groundwork could start at the end of next year. Georgetown City officials say an audit is underway after discovering some commercial properties had incorrect stormwater bills. Officials say they have already brought in stormwater rate consultants for the audit and to find out which accounts were affected. The city says that they will reach out to affected businesses once that audit wraps up, which is expected to be in a few months. The South Carolina legislative session is coming to a close and lawmakers are still trying to come to an agreement on an abortion bill with another debate is expected to take place today. Opponents of imposing more restrictions on the procedure are already preparing. Yesterday, the state's eight female Democratic representatives carried in boxes containing more than a thousand amendments that they've already drafted. They'll be debating a bill that would ban most abortions after six weeks, the time before opponents argue many women even know that they're pregnant. The legislation has already passed the state Senate earlier this year. 
After hours of debate by South Carolina senators, a controversial education bill is one step closer to becoming law. Now, the Transparency and Integrity and Education Act would ban teaching that one race, sex, ethnicity, color, or national origin is superior to someone else's. It does not ban teaching fact-based controversial parts of history or about historical oppression of certain groups of people. <clears throat> Under the bill, students and staff would not be required to participate in gender or sexual diversity training. Opponents argue the bill would cause censorship in the classroom. If the House approves the changes to the bill uh, made in the Senate, it will go to the governor's desk. It was a busy day at the State House yesterday. Lawmakers passed a slew of bills ahead of the end of the legislative session today. Now several bills are heading to Governor Henry McMaster's desk to be signed into law. One of those bills passed yesterday would guarantee paid leave after having a child. It would allow public school employees, including district staff, to take up to six weeks of paid leave after giving birth or becoming the primary caregiver of an adopted child. If the bill is signed, the Palmetto State Teachers Association says South Carolina would be the first state in the southeast with parental leave for teachers. South Carolina could soon see some tougher DUI laws. The bill would expand requirements for drivers convicted of a DUI. Now, currently, drivers with multiple DUIs or one DUI with a blood alcohol level nearly twice the legal limit can be required to use an ignition interlock device. Now, that requires drivers to blow into that device. If they are intoxicated, it prevents that car from starting. This bill would expand that requirement to all first-time DUI convictions and pre-convictions. Governor Henry McMaster now gets the final say on if this bill becomes law. State lawmakers are looking to give more to the families of first responders. Yesterday, the House unanimously passed a bill that would give a set amount of money to the families of fallen first responders. Any police officer, firefighter, or EMS worker who is part of the pre-retirement death benefit program and dies on the job, their family would get $75,000. If they die from an unlawful act, that sum jumps up to $150,000. And again, all of these bills still need to be signed by the governor before they are enforced. The legislative session will end today at 5 p.m. State lawmakers have passed a bill making it illegal for local governments to enforce local rules on tobacco and nicotine products. Now, that means local governments could not ban products with certain flavors or ingredients. Now, supporters of the bill say uniform regulations are needed in the state since some business they operate multiple places. Now, opponents argue it's dangerous to not allow local governments to have control, saying they are best positioned to meet the needs of their communities. This bill now heads to McMaster's desk to be signed into law. A professor at MUSC says e-cigarettes could be a curse for kids, but a potential blessing for adults. Yeah, according to the CDC, e-cigarettes could be a possible substitute for adult smokers versus using regular cigarettes. But the agency says they are not safe for the youth, young adults, and pregnant women who don't use tobacco products. Now, our Alicia Wimberly, she joins us live telling us more about the research on these products. Good morning, Alicia. What can you tell us? Good morning, ladies. Well, what e-cigarettes have that regular tobacco cigarettes do not is their flavor. Well, one doctor at MUSC wants to find out if flavors can help put an end to cigarette smoking for good. Dr. Tracy Smith 
has been doing research in tobacco regulation for about 12 years now. The past five years, she's been focusing on non-cigarette tobacco products like e-cigarettes. Smith says for adults who currently smoke cigarettes, which is the most harmful tobacco product out there, switching to e-cigarettes would drastically reduce their long-term risk, even though they're not safe for kids. So the question about flavors is, even though they're risky for kids, are they potentially helpful to adults who currently smoke regular cigarettes to help get them off those regular cigarettes and using a less harmful product? One of the projects Smith will be doing over the next one of the projects Smith will be doing over the next few years is to recruit 1,500 people from around the country to join the research study. Participants will either have the option to use a variety of different tobacco flavors or non-tobacco flavors. There will also be a control group of people who only have access to tobacco-flavored products. Smith says to qualify, you need to be 21, a cigarette smoker, and willing to try an e-cigarette. And so we'll be able to see whether or not those other fruity sweet flavors um, help cigarette smokers switch to e-cigarettes, which would reduce their long-term harm. And hopefully that provides information to the FDA about uh, the potential benefit of flavored products or not. If they're not helpful for adult smokers, then they really don't have a place on the market at all. The plan is to begin the trial in the fall around November. You can get involved by visiting MUSC's website on their research page, and compensation is also provided for this study. You can also find that information under this story at live5news.com. Live in downtown Alicia Wimberly, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1990, a famous singer killed on what became known as the day the music died, finally received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That singer was Richie Valens, whose biggest hit was La Bamba. Valens died in February of 1959 in a plane crash. He was just 17 years old. The plane crash also claimed the lives of Buddy Holly and J.P. Richardson, a.k.a. the Big Bopper. In Don McLean's 1971 song American Pie, he referred to that fateful day as the day the music died. Celebrating birthdays today, actress Frances Fisher, who played Rose's mother in the Titanic, turns 71. Actor Boyd Gaines is 70. Former MTV VJ Martha Quinn is 64. And actor Kobe Bell from Third Watch is 48. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.